0: Power. Power. Hour. L-S-U. Boom! All night long. Yes! Let's freaking go! We have got a loaded show for you tonight. Is it going to happen? I have been beat into submission about freaking Corey Raymond. His name has been brought up well before it was even known that LSU was going to be going in a different direction from Blake Baker. I mean, after the Florida State game, you could go back and see people saying, Well, Carter, we got to get Corey Raymond back. We got to get DBU back. Even though his secondaries for four consecutive seasons have not been good versus the past, let bygones be bygones, let things of the past be in the past. Corey Raymond coming back would generate some juice in this program. It would generate some recruiting steam. And obviously, Corey would hit the ground running. Um being ecstatic that he's back at LSU when, of course, he and Brian Kelly went their separate ways and he went to Florida. So up to this point, I understand that we want to talk about this assistant coach, that assistant coach. What is Blake Baker going to look like defensively? What I would tell you, whoever you are watching this right now, I don't care if you're listening via podcast, however you consume my content, I deeply appreciate each and every one of you, okay? Kevin Peoples, a potential defensive line candidate for LSU, would be a very nice addition to what LSU um, wants to build with Blake Baker. I would be pretty excited about that. Corey Raymond, I'm kind of in the middle, right? There really needs to be a discussion if this would be a good thing. Some of you probably feel that, look, I I don't want to go the retread route again, right? LSU brought back a glory days DC a few years ago with Bo Pelini and this would be a glory days defensive back coach that they would be bringing back. So you let me know in the chat if you uh, would would want him back. And up to this point, 82% of you would want Corey Raymond back at LSU. Now, Next thing I want to get into is Mason Smith. He has declared for the NFL draft. I do not think this was a good decision. I think he could have done a whole lot for himself coming back for another year because his best football really started to show towards the end of the season. But as someone who has gotten to know people close to Mason and as a big Mason fan myself, a big Collector of his autograph memorabilia. Um, I am going to cheer for him. He's one of my favorite LSU Tigers ever. Um, I loved the way he, you know, splashed on the scene as a true freshman. But this is yet another five-star recruit who you felt not necessarily underachieved because obviously he was very hurt. There's nothing he could do about that, but you felt that there was something more. You felt like there could have been more juice squeezed out, if you get what I'm saying. So I am a big fan of Mason. I am definitely going to be a fan of whichever team he goes to. Big fan of the um, the Smith family. Um, but I do think he should have come back for another season. And I'm not just saying that because LSU is in dire need of defensive tackle depth. Um, but I also get Mason Smith's side of it. It's probably something that Makai Wingo thought of. He's played a lot of snaps, and he already has an injury to his name. So why not get to the NFL and uh, get to that second contract one year quicker? So I, I do think, though, Mason should have come back, and hopefully he does You know, rethink things. Hopefully, Makai Wingo rethinks things, even though Wingo has explicitly said uh, to one of our viewers, actually, on Twitter that he is not coming back. So we shall see what happens. Now, what is Mason Smith's legacy at LSU? I think it's a good one. I think he played uh, mostly good football at LSU. There were some really tough periods this year, but I think when you have a discombobulated defense like LSU was this year, you tend um, to have nobody play well. Like, really, who defensively would you say this year had a good year for LSU? I would say a few, obviously, um, Zion Alexander, I thought w- was fine this year. Andre Sam had some really good moments. Obviously Jordan Jefferson and Makai Wingo did some good things and obviously Mason Smith closed the door, um, on the season and Braden Swinson had some clutch plays as well, but really no one stood out. And, I think another year back would have done good for Mason Smith. But, you know, Mason, if you're sitting here, could also tell you, hey, no one really succeeded in this defense. And I know who I am and I know I'm a better player than what was shown and the NFL scouts. know I'm a better player um, than what I was shown. Um, But that's not here nor there. Best of luck to him. And I'm going to support, obviously, whichever team he goes to, like I do every single LSU team or LSU player that goes to the NFL outside of players that go to the Falcons. So, it's very interesting. Now, next thing, I know a lot of you want to talk about the national championship game from last night. Here's the thing that I found very dishonest from the national media. There was all these columns out. Well, what what if we moved the Heisman Trophy after the college football playoff. Maybe we should do that, even though there's not a regular season award given out ever based on playoffs. That's why they give out a most outstanding college football playoff player. But there, all the national media wanted to tell you, hey... You see Michael Penix versus Texas, and he was fantastic. He was stupendous. That was the best quarterback performance in a bowl uh, in a playoff game since Joe Burrow. I, I I give Michael Penix that. But when push came to shove, when push came to shove, the real mother effing Hydra Trophy winner is undoubtedly Jaden Daniels. But Michael Penix had better big game performances. Well, what was that? Oh, what was that last night? Well, Carter, Michigan's defense was, was great all season. And I, and look, Michigan's defense was great. The pass protection wasn't the absolute best. But last I checked, there was open receivers that Michael Penix missed. Now, you know who wouldn't have missed those open receivers? And I was also hearing this with Carter, you know, the best wide receiver core is Washington's or where were they last night? I I was getting ready to call the authorities. Hey, I I don't know. I think you just call the authorities. You don't go knock on their door. Hey, I, I was told Washington had the best receivers in the country. I just would have loved some national media members to say, you know what, I was wrong about it. Um, Jaden was great in big games, and and Michael Penix is not the Heisman Trophy winner. Y'all, here's the thing: Jaden didn't have a bad game this season. Michael Penix had multiple where he didn't score a touchdown, and even if you include Michael Penix's numbers from the playoffs, they don't touch Jaden Daniels' numbers. This was a stupid debate that West Coast and other Jaden haters, for whatever reason, wanted to have. It's not a debate. The best quarterback in college football was Jaden mother freaking Daniels. And here's the thing. I could say all of that and still tell you that the national championship game did not change my opinion, obviously. But people are trying to make new rules. Well, it's a big game. They show up in big games. And I wish more people were like Robert Griffin III, just admitting your mistake. This is not really a debate. Ultimately, it wasn't. Because the one thing Michael Penix said, big games. Well, he no-showed last night. Okay? And I'll, I'll, I'll take this one step further. This was one of the weaker playoffs we have had. This is one of the weaker college football playoffs we have had. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not just saying this because we do have a lot of Florida State people that still watch our channel. Don being one of them who has super chatted quite a bit. We get a super chat here uh, from Debo. Yes, there there were some drops, but Penix was just not good last night. It's just... It's just that simple. He, he did not rise to the occasion. Um, but th- this would be uh, my my main thing. If I was a Florida State fan, I would be even more furious. I would be even more furious because, number one, I think healthy Jordan Travis and that Florida State team, I think they win the playoff. But here's the thing. They wouldn't even have got in. They, they would have put Alabama ahead of them. Okay? And... The second thing is Georgia would have beaten all those teams. So, in a way, you should thank Alabama if you do have SEC fatigue and you're watching this. Georgia would have beat all those teams in the playoff. They were the best team, okay, which is why I keep telling you that Nick Saban, that might have been his best coaching job, okay? Now, to your point, Debo the God, Florida State wins it all if they got in with the healthy Jordan Jordan Travis in the four – that's if Georgia wouldn't have gone in. To me, the best two teams in college football this year was Georgia and Florida State. Michigan would have been third. But I picked Michigan to beat Alabama. I picked Michigan to actually get the job done. And they showed you what they had. Now, before the Mason Smith news, um, and Debo, the God, thank you so much for our first Super Chat. Actually, I want to go pretty big Um We'll give this out tonight, this Mason Smith uh, Blue Lava Refractor right here. We'll also give uh, a winner today, if we get to a hundos and super chats, we're also going to give out a Craig's Steltz autograph card right here. Rummel Raiders. Okay. First $50 super chat, we'll get either one of those, boys, or if we hit a hundo, we'll give... Um, one of these out. How about it? Now, um, this is what I would say that last night's national championship game, because we do have a lot of concerns for next year's team. And, and there are a lot of them. And I really do think, especially now that Mason has declared and Wingo has declared, we really do need to go portal hunting and spend uh, whatever it takes to get some of these, these big name DTs or whoever it may be uh, out there. Let me say this, though, as far as uh, the overall picture. Michigan had the best offensive line. Washington also had a very good offensive line, but they sucked last night. Okay? LSU's offensive line is better than both of theirs. Okay? And they will be better than both of theirs next year. So you can win a college football playoff with poor quarterback play. J.J. McCarthy did very little. Yeah, he had that one really good scramble, but you really don't need the elite quarterback play. I used to think when Stetson Bennett was playing at the level he was playing at, you needed an elite quarterback uh, to to win the college football playoff. And I still think you do need the ability to go win shootouts, and I do think this playoff was very unique in the four teams that made it weren't the absolute strongest teams we've seen in the playoff could be an outlier season, but it was very interesting how important the trenches still are, but just in general, how important is depth depth is just everything. You know, you look historically at some of the best LSU secondaries. They mostly just played their guys, right? But LSU secondaries also had good two deeps. They had good backups, right? They, um, Had Carnell Hatcher, Derek Bryant, you know, guys that were just deeper cut backup. Ron Brooks, who was a starter in their dime packages. Um, That Michigan team was so deep. I mean, it was just dude after dude after dude. Two different running backs over 100 yards. Multiple tight ends who could beat you. Um, Starting center, their best player um, out for the season. No big deal. Deep offensive line deep wide receiver group that really didn't need to get all that active. But defensively, they were deep AF. I mean, depth, depth, depth. And at this point, defensively, we are not close to to Michigan right now when it comes to even their one deep. And we're not close to the Georgias or any of that. And that's what Blake Baker's going to need to do. He's going to have to establish his scheme, establish his identity, and then build your depth around that. So there you go. D Well the God follows up. LSU would have lost to Michigan by two or three touchdowns. Um, yes, I do agree. Michigan would have rattled us, and the point spread probably would have been five and a half uh to 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 six on a neutral field. It was five and a half to six yesterday. Um and as Danny points out. Defense won the championship. You know, yesterday was, uh, the, honestly, the team that won the national championship this season was one of those old school Nick Saban teams, right? With Jacob Coker at quarterback and five yards in a cloud of dust uh, in the running game. And that was kind of refreshing to see for you old school football fans out there. One final thing before we get to the next thing. We see 263 of you on a glorious off-season live stream. Um, please, you guys know the live stream schedule. Hit the like button, the subscribe button. We're going to be doing some women's basketball content. We'll do some baseball stuff, even though it's not my absolute strongest subject. I'm really excited about Milazzo and Travinsky and all those guys. Really pumped up about that. Um Really excited to be teaming up in a few weeks, February 17th, with some of Hayden Travinsky's people uh, for the ArcLitex Memorabilia Card Show. Now, Hayden won't be there. I wish he was. But February 17th, it's going down. It's a free event in Shreveport. Guess what? Or Bozier, You can hang out with me. All right. It's free. Bozier City Civic Center all day. Uh, Gabriel Relford will be there. Tylen Singleton will be there. Atkins and Bro will be there as well. So we'll see you there. Now, next thing Chance says, Georgia was not as good this season and it showed losing to an average payment team. True, but they were still very good. I mean, not as good for them. is still very, very, very good. And I still think they were the best team. I do. And in the Alabama game, they didn't have McConkie healthy. They didn't have Bowers healthy. They didn't have Mims healthy. They're really banged up. Now, did Alabama win that game? Yes. Did they deserve to win that game? Yes. Um, but there you go. Let's go to Logan. I watched a 2011 Bama game today. The amount of times that they fully subbed the whole defensive line in and out during the game was amazing. They were deep. Are you talking about um, the LSU or Bama team? Either or. They were both deep. So, like, LSU's top back of defensive tackle was Ego Ferguson, I believe, and he was a draft pick, so it shows you the 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 depth of the LSU defense line. Alabama's defense, they're, they're always going to be deep. I mean, there, there's never going to be a day where they're not too deep everywhere, and more often than not, they're 3D. Okay? So, there you go. Now, yeah, there you go, Logan. I like that. Let's go to Justin. Hey, Carter, do you think Parrishan could move to DT? I really feel like he's being overlooked. I liked what I saw from him. Yeah, so that's going to be the next thing. You know, I... There are days where I feel scheme fit is underrated for defensive linemen, but then there are times for me at the collegiate level, it's you either have it or you don't. Okay? And... Look, you know, perishing, it was a tough year for him. He he went from Arizona all the way to here, and it was it was tough, right? He had a few good games. Obviously, the Auburn game was probably his best game, um, but it was tough. Savian Jones had a tough year. So do we think it was them, or do you think it was the position they were playing? Because I have long held that the defensive end – opposite the Jack in Matt house's system was always the weak link, not necessarily because of who the players, um, who the players were that were playing it, but how difficult of a role it actually is. It has kind of a, a tweener feel to it. And I felt like we had square pegs and round holes at all times playing that defensive position. So I think a more, I, Identified scheme, um, but will do some good to uh, the front where there's not guys lining up a yard and a half off the ball. Some snaps, and other snaps, they're we're on the ball. Okay, chance. Oh, this is a deep cut. I'm feeling LSU will have another. Like a tour, Godchow season, two guys playing every snap on the defensive line. I like that. Christian, like a tour. I know, I know Christian vaguely well. Um, and uh, Devon Godchow, obviously, still in the league. Very good player. Uh, Godchow was a true freshman starter and very underrated. Uh, very, very, very underrated. So, there you go. Now, there are a lot of different topics I want to get into. But if you have an LSU football-related question and you want me to answer it right now, feel free to drop a super chat. That is 90% of how I make this full-time job a reality, but I want to get to everything that I want to get to tonight. Now, we're still feeling the waves, the reverberations, if you will, of the Bryce Underwood commitment. We have talked about it at length. We've done pretty much an entire live stream on him, and we've already done our recruit film study. And of course, no surprise, his recruit film study uh, broke all of our recruit film study records in terms of views and interest. So if you want to check it out, go check it out. Now, for me, I, I think it is a big deal that LSU gets a player of this caliber. I know the timeline is going to be interesting because so much is going to come down to how good Garrett Nussmeyer is this year. And if he decides to come back for that fifth season, which I would want him to, if he is good next year. Um, but the truth is let's build on top of that. Let's build our trench class for 2015, I'd say 2015, 2025. Um, let's, let's keep building, right? That's obviously a really good thing. The next thing is going to be, at, at least for me, keeping on building your defensive line classes and understanding what type of players you want to play and what type of roles, right? It kind of goes on what we we're saying about Parishan. okay? So there, there are some tweeners uh, coming up in this next class, right? two of which will be at the Arklitex Mirabilia Card Show, Gabriel Relaford and Ahmad Bro. They are very athletic. They have very strong hands. They play really physical. In particular, Ahmad Bro plays very physical. Where do you think is is their best role? What what is their best position? And mold that player to play that role, okay? Um, Get their body type to the absolute premier body type for that role. Um, That's going to be very key. And the next thing I, I would do as well is keep the foot on the gas pedal for defensive backs. I like this DB class that they brought in this last season, but you know, you keep going back to the positions where LSU has been just perpetually struggling with depth and it's been on the defensive line and in the secondary, right? Those have been the, the two big spots. Linebacker, too, to a certain degree, but at least you don't need as many linebackers as you do other positions. And then the final thing... Um, actually, I was going to say this for a little bit later, but I kind of want to go into it now, is Harold Perkins. What What is the best role for Harold Perkins? Is it him being an all-time edge rusher player? I do think it would behoove LSU... To just go to Harold Perkins and say, look, if you put together a Dallas-Turner season at the Jack, bulk up a little bit if you need to, and learn to play the run a little bit better, you are going to be a bonafide first-round pick, okay? I think that would do the LSU defense a whole lot of good, because you would have your superstar pass rusher. Right, the guy that at all times you need to be aware of. And that will help your secondary, and it'll help so much other aspects of your defense if you know where Harold Perkins is going to be. Cause I do think there were times last year where Madhouse trying to figure out what the best role for Perk uh was going to be. I felt like that could hamstring a defensive coordinator. So If you feel your best role is is rushing the quarterback and you think he gives you the most value, then that helps Harold Perkins become a better pass rusher. It helps him develop more pass rushing moves outside of the ghost move, which he he uses quite a bit. You know, I I don't believe that a guy who was one of the best true freshman defensive players we've ever seen in the SEC just entirely forgot how to play football, and he wasn't nearly as dominant this year as he was the year before. So what changed? Well, really, the only thing that changed, well, two things changed, his jersey number and uh, his position, okay? I think he should have stuck with 40, but he's number four. That was the number he wore in high school, all the power to him. But his position changed, right? Now, he did play some hybrid nickel as a true freshman, but he mostly was a rusher. Is that what LSU wants to do with him? I hope so. I hope so. Because if he becomes an elite pass rusher, watch the frick out. We're cooking. Okay? We are cooking. Okay? Let's see here. Debo the God follows up and says Deshaun Womack is going to be the defensive anchor next year. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big offseason for him. Huge offseason for him. Okay, because he he had some issues in the bowl game. The bowl game was was a tough go. And I think that's gonna do him some good, right? Sometimes the best thing in the world is your final game of the year. Stinking! You, you, you. Either you lose or you didn't play well, because nothing punches you in the face like that final game where you don't necessarily play your absolute best. Okay. Let's go to Tommy here, super chat. Hey Carter, I just seem to remember our DBs, our best DBs being a bit thicker and can deliver hits. It seems like many lately looked thin. You're thinking of Jamal Adams and LaRon Landry. Okay. This is a very good super chat. All right. So obviously here, and when when it comes to defensive backs, you're mostly referencing safeties, right? Um, even then, a lot of our corners were 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 units, right? Patrick Peterson was a unit, uh, Darold Simon was a unit, Chef Jackson was a unit, but you know, you're you're mostly talking about safeties. Now, you know, if my memory serves me correctly, Jamal Adams was a little bit more of a box safety, and Leron Landry probably did a little bit more deeper, right? But, you know, at safety, you got to be able to play the strong. you got to be able to play the free and all of that, right? Um, Yes, we have not had that caliber of player back there. We've not had that headhunter back there he not had that that type of player but you know Greg Brooks is going to be that guy for us and obviously what happened happened this season and that was very unfortunate but yes it would be nice to have another Jamal Adams I think Jamal Adams reincarnated as Caleb Downs at Alabama really good safety um like Jamal pretty much started from day one um but yeah, it would it would be nice to have some thickness? You guys know I love thick. That's the name of the game in college football. Everyone's everyone's fast, but do you also carry some some punch? Are you thick, right? Uh, Jarn Gilbert obviously is not the biggest guy. Um, Major Burns wears a neck roll, um, but sometimes you wish he played more like a guy with a neck roll. Um, but yeah, you know, it would, it would be nice to have a Jamal on this defense, which lends myself into this next topic with JV and Toviano. I, I think Toviano would be a magnificent safety. We obviously need him to stay at corner because of where we are right now as a team at that position, but it would behoove his future to move him to safety because I think that's where his future is. Um. So there you go. Now, I do want to follow up really quickly on on the Womack thing, and that was a really good super chat. Do we need to recruit bigger body types? Right, McBride's not the thickest guy. Rogers is 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 stout. Right, he's, he's I I like him. So we'll see. Now, um, I I do think Deshaun McBride though is is a guy who could start in next season but we'll see i i'm am, i am reevaluating a lot of my defensive back evaluations because it is such a hard position to evaluate so we'll see now the next thing going back to the womack tough game for him but i remember um, you know, one guy who had a very underrated, and I don't go look at, I don't look at PFF grades. Um, I, I do my own grades on Patreon and all of that. But I would be very interested to see which offensive lineman graded out the highest in the ball game. It wouldn't shock me if it was Will Campbell, but that entire offensive line for LSU was so freaking good versus Wisconsin. One guy that really stood out to me, that was Garrett Dellinger. And the reason why I bring him up now is early in Garrett Dellinger's career, he had some rough, rough games when he went up against the elites. Okay, like as a true freshman, he had to go up against Texas A&M's defense as a true freshman left tackle. Then as a guard, you know, he was the one that gave up the iconic Jalen Carter Tackle where he lifted Jaden Daniels up. Um. So he was only a year two guy, though playing against adults. And then year three, I I really was shocked at how good he was. I thought he would be a really good starter level SEC offensive lineman, but I had my concerns. I really did, and he was excellent. And there's something about, you know, later in the season when you get bullied by someone, it makes you want to work that much harder. It makes you want to get that much bigger, that much faster. It gives you an idea of what playing a high volume of snaps looks like at the Division I Power Five level when you're going up against full-out, all-out adults. Wisconsin's offensive lines are routinely the best in college football. It is rare you see a Wisconsin offensive line, not one of the top 10 offensive lines in the country. So Womack had a tough matchup. This was, you know, some 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 good offensive line. I don't know which ones were opt-out or how healthy they were. But I think that's going to do Womack some good, and I think next year will be a pretty nice breakout year. Okay, so we'll see. Steve wants to talk some Ryan Yates. I'm down to talk some Yates. Didn't really play a whole lot after you know, the Ole Miss game earlier in the year. I don't know if that was injury. I don't know if that was redshirt cognizance. I, I don't know. I really, really don't know. But he made some nice plays. Obviously, he was the unblocked player who made the um, big play versus Ole Miss. Um, so we'll see. Here, mm. does Mason Smith return if he's a fourth or fifth rounder? It's a good question. Okay. The truth, though, is you can't wait until then. Okay. Um, You you really can't. Like, you can't just get to the draft and you go on drafting and you're like, okay, I want to go back to college. It's just not how it works. So, yeah, I mean, the weird thing about it is the likelihood that Wingo, Jefferson, and Mason all get drafted is, is low. Okay. All three of them getting drafted. That's, that's going to be tough, but I do think it could happen. Um, I think Jefferson was for sure out of eligibility, and obviously, Makai Wingo still had one more go at it if he wanted to. So, there you go. Everybody, welcome, Belbo, bell. BBQ, and do it yourself. Uh, we always want to w- welcome first timers. What's my early prediction on which LSU running back gets the most rushing attempts next season? I would go with Caleb Jackson right now, but the the thing is 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 you won't really know that until next season because you can't really practice pass protection, right? Obviously, he's the most talented runner that we have. We'll see what Caden Durham could do next season. He's the most athletic, most explosive. Uh, Durham has more home run hitting ability, but Caleb's got it too. Um, if he can pass protect, Caleb Jackson won't be the guy next year. He will, but Josh Williams coming back is 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 massive. And I don't know if it's official official Josh is is coming back. I I, I think it is. Uh, there's been so many news items, you know, going through uh, the last couple of days, but I I I think I think. Josh and Caleb will, will be your guys. Um, so there you go. Yeah, that's the thing, Pegasus. You know, you, you have your draft grade, and the thing that didn't help this is Mason Smith was heavily mocked in the first rounds before the season began. Let's go to Jay Lynn. Welcome, Jay Lynn, to the channel. Would you rather LSU go out and get a lockdown corner or DT in the portal? if I had to choose between the two of them, it would be a DT. Okay. Let's go to chance. Carter, do you think any D's can move inside next season? Ooh, that's, that's tough because it also is going to depend on what Blake wants to do up front. I think he's going to want to play what Missouri did a lot of, which is a lot of, um, four man principles, but, you know, with in modern defense, you have got to be multiple, right? Um, you know, I spoke to um, a young athlete earlier today, and you know, I asked, "Hey, what what kind of scheme do you guys run? What are your principles?" And he says, "It's it's multiple. Most modern defenses are multiple. They, um, I think, the least multiple defenses are the ones that do the three three five stack, uh, which we won't do. I know Blake." On my segment with him earlier today. Uh, you joked about that, but we won't do that. Um, I would like to see us do some of it as maybe a sub package, but still. Let's go to Carvis with the super. If we get Gillery to say and go to a 3 4, Jones, Gillery, Swinson, Womack. Okay, so Swinson as the Jack and Womack as, as one of the ends. Pin, Weeks, Perkins. Sage Ryan, Alexander, Taliano, Burns. Okay. So you're thinking like old school, three, four. And then Shan Howard, Dominic McKinley, Sean Washington. We to Esteban, good to see you. So here's where I want to focus most of Carvista Super Chat here tonight is the Jacobian Guillory conversation. okay. Let's have an honest conversation about Jacoby and Guillory. Now, like I always say, there are some players' parents who watch this channel. Kobe has been a long supporter of mine. He's Jacoby's father. Uh, Mason Smith, um, his mother, has been a big supporter of, of what we do, and a lot of players' parents watch us. Okay, so understand. I just try and be as an, as objective as an, and honest, and at the same time positive and uplifting about every single player. I do not think Jacoby and Gilroy can't play in Blake Baker's system, right? I think he can. I know I didn't say that smoothly at all. But I don't see him being, um, like like that was mentioned earlier with Chance, a Devon Godshout type of player that can play 50 to 60 snaps a game for an entire 12, 13, hopefully 15 game season. I don't think he's that wingo type of player. It He needs to rotate. I do think he'll be better next season, but we need more bodies. We just do. Dominic McKinley is... Obviously, there's not a single person watching this that doesn't like Dominic McKinley. He's a five-star defensive tackle uh, coming in from the state of Louisiana. I still think he's more of a year two guy than year one guy in terms of all SEC level player. Um, There would be more pressure on him as a true freshman defensive tackle than anybody else just because of how dire we are. At this position. So, yeah, you know, Jacobean Gillery is going to be the guy next season unless we get into the portal. Okay? Carver says, put all four on the field. Weeks, Perkins, Pin, Womack. Yeah, I, th- I think you'll see those four out there. Um Especially in in some nickel looks, right? With Womack and Perkins coming off the edge, pinning and Weeks as your two off ball linebackers, and then of course you have four DBs. So there you go. Well, Jalen, you got You got to come then. What what are you? What are, are are you? Ed, it's a day event. I know you. I know with the White Forces here, you're gonna be going out at night. But what better way? Then to come to a free event, you get to hang out with me. If you're a PHL or you come to the event, I give you cards. I give you free stuff. But they'll be signing autographs. It's going to be fun. Yes, he did declare to the NFL draft. Okay. But thank you for the super chat. Okay yeah he does Danny, but i I think Carvis is more so mentioning um you know a different type of package that we could run next season um, but uh, Blake's gonna have to get creative he, he really does, but here's a good thing is you know the good the the rebuild he had at Missouri is not nearly as difficult as a rebuild he has to do at at LSU, okay? And I think part of the reason why LSU shelled out the money for him is they understand that the defense is a mess, okay? It is a mess. So they wanted to get a younger guy who knows Louisiana, but also someone who's dug a team out of a mess, okay? T-Mill, what's good, man? Now, I've seen, and I see Chance brings this up, and I've seen a few of you bring this up as well tonight. Do I think BK was ex- wasn't was expecting Wingo and Smith to leave? Well, look, he let it be known pretty publicly that he wanted everyone to return, okay? um, And it just didn't happen. You know, I, I think he would have thought at least one of those guys would be coming back, but the, the issue from Mason Smith's standpoint, and I'll, I'll share this, just this little bit uh, of Intel, okay, is, let me put you in, in, in the spot of Mason Smith really quickly. So you're a five-star DT and. Nick Saban really wanted Mason Smith. I mean, he really put the foot on the gas pedal for Mason, and and you know it was known that he was probably going to go to LSU because Ed Orgeron did a good job establishing that relationship. Okay, so you recruited by Orgeron. You have a defensive defensive line coach. I believe it was Bill Jenkins. Uh, his first true freshman season, he's done. Okay, so yeah, Coach O, who was. A defensive line coach for you, more so as a head coach. He's gone. Jenkins and the assistants, Gerald Chapman, I think at the time, who's now the defensive line coach of Florida, they're gone. So all the assistants, analysts, and all that are gone. All right? So, true uh, and then Andre Carter is gone. So now, in comes Brian Kelly, new regime. And you get a new defensive line coach again. And Jamar Kane. he's gone. Then you get another defensive line coach. You're rehabbing as hard as you possibly can. Defensive line coach gets sick. That would have been, what, your fourth-ish, fifth defensive line coach? And now you're sitting here with Blake Baker coming back. I'm sure he's familiar with Blake. Um, But now you still don't know who your defensive line coach is. And he might have been waiting to see who it was going to be, but it doesn't – I mean, he decided not to wait and go to the NFL. It's It was tough. It was tough to keep having that change, right? And I really do feel for the players on the team that are going to have to deal with the new position coach. It's hard. It's really, really, really hard because what I think some people don't understand, and I think players uh, will, will tell you this as well, is how much time you actually spend with your position coach, right? You get to know them. You you go to their house for dinners, you get to know their family, you get to know their background. And oftentimes you you not only relate to a position coach because you're not the super famous multi million dollar head coach, or whatever, but they're oftentimes just like you, right? Assistant coaches are is a very transient job. You're from job to job. Okay. So you know, it's not just the fact that, like, Baker's coming in. It's all brand-new assistants that are coming in. It's tough. It's really, really, really tough. Okay. We say to Nikki. What's up? 2-9. Uh, yeah. Please hit the PHL uh, like button. I appreciate you, Michael. I appreciate your Super Chats fans supporting me. TJ's here, and that means it is an absolute... Perfect time. And when I mean perfect, I mean perfect time to tell you about Louisiana controls. But first, I I do want to shout out one player for next year's, I'd say next year's, this incoming freshman class. Let's go. Peace. HL Nation. Oh yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season, and I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. All right. So, you know, we're talking about Mason Smith. Let's talk about a young man who um, went to his same high school, and that's Kylan Billiard. Okay. Big receiver, 6'3. Um, very smooth player. Now, he's not, in terms of speed, he's not like a Jelani Watkins level speedster, but that's not really going to be his game. So, Kylan Billiard is someone that's grown on me. Um, Quite a bit, and it, I I grade wide receivers really hard. Um, that's the position you have to grade the hardest uh, because it's the position that has the most unhappy campers in in a position group. Because you got to remember, every position, for the most part, they just want to play. Right there, there's not a a, a repetition. Uh, requirement, if you will, where like at wide receiver, you want not only to play, you want to get targets, right? So you really have to grade wide receiver at Louisiana and LSU tougher. Billiot is one player that has grown on me, um, and once again, I'm I'm very, very, very hard on wide receivers, very hard. Uh, so. I, I just wanted to point that out. I know it's a little out of the blue, but he's grown. Okay, um, you know, last year around this time, um, th- th- there, there, you begin to you begin to see trends, right? You you begin to see what is working and what's not working. And one trend that I, I I've seen consistently is if you have great offensive line play. It could take you a long way. And I keep going back to the Michigan game last night where the LSU offensive line was just uh, just as good as that Michigan offensive line who dominated. Okay? Um, the fact that LSU brought in six offensive line recruits is crazy. Now, I understand things on the Lancer front have gone a little quiet about, it. Yeah, could LSU bring him back? Could, is there any way forward for Lancer to be back at LSU? Um, I would love that to happen, but I do think Lance wants to play for sure. And I know there are plenty of schools out there that would obviously acquiesce to that demand and uh, pay him a lot of money to do so. You know, he's got a good thing going at LSU. He really does. You know, I think he, I think the best way forward is for him to stay in LSU, but he wants to for sure start and be the cornerstone left tackle somewhere else. I totally get it, but even when losing him, I feel pretty good about the LSU offensive line depth moving forward. I really, really, really do. Okay. We say I had to Terrence. Um Yeah, Pegasus, I don't really know how that works. Um, how the how the portal after the five-day mark actually works. And like because you still see some guys uh after the five day mark enter their name into the transfer portal. Okay? I feel like Carter always has to pee. I I am this is the most random thing. Um now I am I I'm relieved. This um I'm good. You know, the gas tank is empty. Uh the I'm 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 good to go. Unless unless you know me better than I know me. Oh crap. Oh crap. How did you know? <laughs> I was like I was like, I, uh, uh, is it just me or did things get a little warmer here? That's the most random thing. Huh? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Hey, get the mop, get the mop and the Febreze and, and, and and whatever. What's up, Esteban? Good to see you, man. CK says, I like the way Trey Holly hits the hole during his run assignment. I will say Trey Holly had one of the more impressive catches on the season versus Georgia state where we missed a few blocks and, The play only went for a yard, and he carried the pile for an extra five yards. Uh, Give Mason Taylor some credit for pushing that pile. But still, okay? Let's go to here. Jared says $5 super check. Good stuff. I really appreciate you, Jared. Let's go. Okay. Uh So the Lance Hurd thing is not Lance Hurd to Tennessee. I don't think that that is confirmed. Okay. I don't That was a fake reporter who confirmed that FACP. So uh, you always got to be careful. Um, I do think he's uh, visited, but I've not really paid attention until after he went into the portal. Okay. Unless you had no stars besides Perkins? Now, we'll say Harold Perkins had a few unreal games. I do think when his career is all said and done, the Missouri game will look back on it and be like, dang, that Missouri game was nothing short of incredible. 274 of you in here. Please, if it's in your heart's desire, join our PHL Patreon. You get my latest all 22 breakdown of Garrett Nussmeyer in the Wisconsin game. If you don't want to join our Patreon where you get Discord benefits, a private chat with me, um, guess what? You have something even better. PHO Merch. Go to PowerHourLSU.com slash merch. Everything is still marked down from Christmas time, so please go on ahead and take advantage of that. PowerHourLSU.com slash merch, baby. There you go. Look at that. Get the long-sleeve shirt. It's wintertime, man. Cold front's coming in. com Slash shop. Get to it. Yeah, Sevely, don't let the, don't let these people beat me up. Don't let these people do this to me. Let's see. We are roughly 80 away from giving out a Craig Stelts autograph card tonight. Let's go Um, Next thing For me um, Obviously LSU women's basketball Won a big one uh, this past weekend At Ole Miss Uh, I thought the Ole Miss coach Who I like a lot uh, She had some really nice things to say About the women's basketball program at LSU Which was really good LSU men's basketball playing Vanderbilt right now You guys give me a score update when you can And um, obviously, we're moving one step closer to LSU baseball. So excited about that. Let's go to TJ. Do I think there's a reason LSU hasn't promoted Sloan yet? You think they're still negotiating a contract or exploring options? Um, Joe Sloan will be your offensive coordinator next season. Um, Will likely be co-offensive coordinators with Cortez Hankton, And that is where they should go. Okay. I understand that Brian Kelly needs to do his due diligence and not just hire the third most important person on every college football team, right? Which is your offensive coordinator. You have got to think about it at least for a little bit. But for me, just to use Occam's razor here. The simplest solution would be to just hire Joe Sloan. And that would be the best solution to this problem. You did just get the most prodigious LSU recruit of all time. And Bryce Underwood, that just happened. Joe Sloan was the primary. Bryce Underwood still committed to Joe Sloan after the offensive coordinator left. So Sloan should be the guy, especially after a really good run through with Wisconsin. Now, are there some things that if LSU were to ask my opinion on, I I would vehemently ask them to do this or that? Okay, but even if that is the case, Joe Sloan was a part of an offense that averaged seven yards per play in every game that they played the year prior. And we do return our offensive line outside of the center position. So I, I, I I think that's where LSU is going to go. I think it will be Joe Sloan and it should be Joe Sloan. Okay. Yeah, Kevin, I really, really, really appreciate that. Um, but really quickly on, on the contracting, it is an interesting contract situation, TJ, because S- Sloan and Cortez could say, look, I mean, we've been here. We just fielded the, 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 the best offense, and y- you're bringing someone in from the outside who's doing my job but on the other side of the football, and he's he's getting north of $2 million a year. So how does that work? Um, Sloan and Hankton and Brad Davis are already paid really high amounts uh, uh, of money for their for their current jobs. Um, I'm not saying they don't deserve more or, or whatever, um, but it, it is on the higher end for most people in their position. So, you know, it, it, that's where it gets complicated. You know, obviously all of them are going to want Promotions and and raises after the offense from last year, as they should. You would you would, you would probably do the same thing, uh, whoever you are watching this right now. Um, but yeah, you know we'll talk about and the, the, um, obviously we're going to get a lot of Bryce Underwood uh, comments and questions uh, because recruiting is just everything uh, for um, a lot of people. But here's here's one thing I would say about. Bryce um, that really stands out to me, okay, and it could just be, um, it, it could just be for, for me, is, and we got a bunch of new viewers in tonight, it's so important to actually go watch um, the players, okay? Okay there's still a lot of recruits that LSU has committed that I've still not been able to watch. I've not been able to watch a lick of JD LaFleur. Okay. I've watched a little bit of Keelan Moses. I'm not done looking at all the 2024. So it's a lot of players to go evaluate. The thing that really stood out to me though, about Bryce Underwood is the timing, right? If you are a transcendent athletic quarterback he could just run around and extend plays and guys the defense tire out and so on just get open. But Bryce Underwood actually runs the the structure of the play. Like if the play calls for um, you know slant to be thrown on on, on, on your third st- step back, it, he rips it. You know, he plays the game with so much confidence. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Ernest wants to know if Corey is coming back or not. It's tough to say. It really is tough to say. The question is, do you want him back? And welcome to the channel, Ernest. Welcome. Do you want Corey Raymond back at LSU? 81% of you say yes. That's what you want. okay Brennan bass I'm from Baton Rouge living in Michigan now people here are pissed about Underwood that's true Brennan but if you're a Michigan fan and you're mad about anything right now huh, 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 uh I I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Man, Michigan just comfortably won a national championship with a quarterback who threw for 100 yards. I mean, hell, apparently you don't need him. Let me, see. let me see. Let me see what you guys have to say. Type Y for yes, type in for no. Do you want Corey Raymond back? Type Y for yes, type in for no. Safety coach too. I think that would be the direction that they would go in. Because if they hired Corey, they would also want him to obviously recruit his tail off, um, and coaching the entire defensive back room while also doing a lot of recruiting is tough. Okay, let's go to Rico. Good to have you back, Rico. Roberto Clemente. Is your avy is always dope. Just my opinion, I think Kelly is waiting to announce all the hires at once. I definitely think Corey Raymond will be hired, according to Rico. Okay. Tyler is one of the few to say no. Austin, welcome to the channel. He says we need Corey back because he's an elite recruiter. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. TJ is back. Oh, my God, TJ. I'm so glad you reached out. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be in Dallas uh, pretty soon. I'm sorry I wouldn't get the link up last year during my bachelor's party. But, TJ, you got my number, man. Text me. It's good to have you back, man. Um. AC, do you think Osbury goes back to cornerback? 247 and on three has him as a safety. Also, what do I think is a realistic year two for Kamari on Pimpton? What does it look like? uh look at that. Yeah, look. TJ Reed. There you go. There's nothing better than TJ being back. Yeah, my favorite photo was you was you uh stepping out of your your, your whip, man. And uh there you go. Let's start with the uh, Osberry. i I mentioned this a minute ago. I've not been able to watch everyone. It takes up so much time to watch every single recruit and do like a full evaluation. But because you asked, I will talk about and go look at Austin Osberry um, immediately. write that down. TJ, if you don't have my number anymore, just send me a message on Discord or email or whatever. Um, but yes, I, I do think the most likely scenario is him playing safety. I don't think he's a corner. Okay. What do I think is a realistic year two for Kamarion Pinton? That's a good question. Let's first start with the offense. Who is for sure going to demand targets next season. Well, the only guy returning from last year's offense me. <coughs> that has guaranteed targets for the offense next season is Kyron Lacy. Now, Chris Elden took a major step forward in that direction. So he would probably be next on the list considering how good he played in the bowl. Um, but I will say to start that drive, the whole shot that Garrett Nussmeyer threw uh, to Kyron, it was a little bit of a different whole shot, but still. I think Kamarion Pippen was on the field. Actually, I know he was on the field. So. LSU got him on the field some this year, right? Um, I want to see for sure if his redshirt was burned or not. I would tend to think that it was. So he's got three years to play three at LSU. The first thing for him in year two is he's got to beat out trade as Green coming in. They are the same type of player, right? A 6-6 six, six matchup nightmare, tight end type of player. Okay? So, yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be the first order of business. The second order of business is can he beat out Mason Taylor for tight end reps? That's going to be very hard because Pimpton's blocking reps – were were a mixed bag, but that was always going to be the biggest hurdle because he was mostly just a wide receiver in high school and blocking is tough. You know, he had one very critical holding penalty on the play that Jaden got hurt in the Missouri game. And, um, you know, I just hated the 14 personnel sets. I, I hated them anyway. Um, so yeah, that that's going to be the biggest thing can he be a better blocker or could there be a world where he's just a wide receiver, right? Where he's not really playing tight in. Um, but those things do need to happen because trade as green is really, really, really good. And for those that aren't familiar, Kamari on Pimpton was one of my top five rated guys in this class. Um, I'm pretty sure Lancerd was one, Shelton Sampson was two, Caleb Jackson was three, and it was either, I think Pimpton or Weeks was was four, I don't remember who, uh, but I'm pretty sure he was there. So, there you go. Uh, Really uh, freaking excited about his future. And that's a really good Super Chat, TJ, it's good to have you, man. Go to Carvis. He says Chris Hilton will show why he was rated higher than BTJ and neighbors. Now notice Carvis is not saying Chris Hilton is going to be better than him, but he's going to show you why the recruiting services liked him so much. And it was mostly because of his speed, right? His speed is just absolutely insane. And uh, he's, he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. Well, hopefully he gets better um, because I, I will say the sliding catch he made is such a difficult catch. Like, I'm, I'm still shocked he made it. That was such a spectacular grab. Um, and, you know, you see that and you're like, God, this was like the first Chris Hilton might really be special game. And, yeah. Look okay, LSU taking it, baby. Jerry Stackhouse doesn't want none of this. He I want none of this. Heck, like we beat Vanderbilt last year. Tony says Lacey sucks. He always drops his first two passes. Okay, so Tony, this is my issue with this. You can't say somebody sucks and have the season Kyron Lacey had this season. Kyron Lacey was good. He was good this year. Okay? I don't want to hear, well, Carter, he dropped the pass versus Florida State. True. And it was one of the biggest drops of the season. but he wasn't the only returning player on this year's team going into next year that had an absolutely colossal drop in a big game. Oh, TJ. TJ's talking out of turn tonight. TJ's getting frisky. Jalen Hyatt. I like the comp. I do. Let's welcome in Eagles fan from the South. Do you believe we need a QB from the portal? Okay. So I'm guessing when you say we, you're referencing LSU. And uh, they already do have a quarterback at the portal. His name is AJ Swan. Welcome to the channel. Good to see you. Unless you were thinking I was a fan. Or if you're a fan of another team. It's funny, you know, if you're an Eagles fan and an LSU fan. The Eagles have like every flavor of the SEC. But they hardly have any LSU guys. I don't think they have any LSU guys. Their best players, once from Alabama. Their other great receivers from Ole Miss. Their best running back is from... Georgia, their best quarterback is from Alabama, Oklahoma, two other SEC schools. They're, one of their best guards is from Alabama. One of their best offense tackles is from Oklahoma. Their center uh, played for Brian Kelly's old school, not Notre Dame, by the way, Cincinnati. And then their defense is all Georgia guys. And Darius Slade, Mississippi State. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Mississippi State. Brandon Graham, Michigan. Even knew that was down at SEC. Um, Elias Ricks. Alabama. Huh? Huh? Uh, uh, uh. Huh? Uh, he was once one of us. He is a Liverpool fan, though, so shout out to him. Uh, so, yeah, I guess being an Eagles fan is like, God, man, what are you doing? Like kind of like a. Saints fan. Yeah, you know, they don't have there's not a whole lot of us on the team. Hey, Benny Logan was it, was it was an eagle. How about this for a deep cut? Jalen not Cook, but Jalen Mills was a part of that Eagles Super Bowl team. Had that big play on Julio Jones in the playoffs. Uh, and we're actually going to do this Thursday, but I'm interested with you guys. Who wins the Super Bowl this year? Let me know. Besides, to Justin, how do you like Colin Hurley that's coming in? I like Colin. All right. Colin won't do this during the spring, but I would say there is a non zero shot that Colin Hurley jumps either A.J. Swan or Ricky Collins during the spring. That's how talented Colin Hurley is. But he's younger. He's going to be one of the youngest LSU football players ever. Okay. So let's see. Okay, we are 60 away from the Mason Smith and Craig Steltz giveaway. Billy. lots of bad weather. Be safe, y'all. Eagles fan says they're taking Harold Perkins next year. I like it. I'm trying to think if there's any LSU players that would fit in. But the Eagles early really not not really any. Cole says Lamar wins it. Another Harbaugh, Lions, says TJ. And speaking of the playoffs, we're talking about the playoffs? Yes, the playoffs. Folks, this goes a long way. I'm about to have a meeting with them to discuss a potential re-upping. But our friends at Underdog Fantasy, they've been showing us the most love. Go make an account, sign up, and when you use my promo code, your boy gets a nice little bonus, you can start putting together playoff-only fantasy football drafts. You can win 25 k off a $3 buy-in. Do it. It's underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy. Please go sign up. Use my promo code CARTER. Please. Okay? Lots of people saying the Ravens. Ravens. Chance thinks it's rigged. He thinks the script has been written. I don't know if it's rigged. All right, here's what we're going to do in the next 10 to 15. I'm going to answer as many questions as we possibly can. If you super chat, we'll keep it going. I am going to put on, you know, when I do a live stream, I don't have a TV or anything else in here. I focus in on you. Okay. But I am going to put on, uh, I'm going to put on the LSU game in the background. So I can watch um, (laughs) (laughs) Hoop-dee-doodle. Okay, so LSU, the gold uniforms, I like that. Jordan Wright going up against his old team, misses a floater. I can't miss a floater. Still so weird to me now, of all seasons. college uh, college basketball allows you to wear a jersey number over the digit five. It used to be they wouldn't let you wear any number six through nine, or you couldn't wear, like, number 17. Had to, it had to either be zero to five, 10 to 15, 20 to 25, 30 to 35, 40 to 45, 50 to 55, because – when the officials announce a foul, they like to be able to just do it with two hands. But now they let you rock whichever jersey. Now, who's going to be the one that jinxes LSU basketball tonight? Let's go to TJ. Did you see the you? Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. But he is the best coach alive in the NBA. I also think the NBA their 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 coaches um I, I think the NBA coaching is just terrible. I really do. Like I will I will I will tell you this from the national championship game. My thing is this if I was a middle of the road program, okay, I would not go hire a retread. It makes no sense to go hire a retread. Or especially hire like a defensive-minded coach, okay? I would immediately go find the next Kalen De Boer. Go find a D2 guy that runs semi-creative offensive schemes, and go get them, right? You know, college football and just coaching in general is all about networking, okay? It's about who you were or who you know or whose cousin you were. There are so many geniuses out there that never get that chance to go up to the next level, okay? Go try and go get you someone. OK, don't just get you a celebrity coach or don't just go get you just somebody unless they are really moving the needle for you. OK, it makes no sense that there's not more Kalen DeBoers out there. I am still shocked that no one will will give Brennan Marion a, a shot. The UNLV OC, why, why doesn't he have a big OC job yet? it just shocks me that there's a lot of retread hires like go go get you somebody he's not because he was never a coordinator here right it's different if he was a coordinator here and he's coming back but he was just a position coach here and he's still very young okay Yeah, Chris, I had to go Google this. I didn't know he even decommitted. I saw he committed. Um, he, he's, For those who don't know, he's a Marshall transfer. And he committed and then decommitted within a day, which is kind of strange. Um, So there you go. If Kevin Steele did retire. Who will Bama go get? They not only had that happen, they also had Coleman Wiggins go to Texas A&M. Uh, I feel pretty good about Terry Bussey. I do. I will right, we'll take a few more. Once you get a few Super Chat, we'll keep going. Next five to ten minutes, we'll keep it going. Matt Toronto, good to see you. I love to see uh Matt Toronto in here. Bill Belichick is the next man in D.C.? That would be hilarious. Huh? Huh? huh, huh, huh. Let's go to uh, Sibley. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Let's see how far away. Oh, we're only one $40 Super Chat away from giving out a Craig's Delts or Mason Smith Blue Lava Card. I'll give out both tonight. Carter, I thought that you would rather walk through hell with gasoline draws on then go to a baseball game you mentioned the upcoming season what changed your mind okay so this has always been my stance on baseball i played baseball played aau baseball for a little bit it just never really was my favorite thing i wasn't really that good at it either um but i love lsu baseball i remember going to smoke laval's camps yeah turtle thomas i remember the whole thing um I've always loved LSU baseball. It's just something that I elect to not talk a whole lot about on here. And I also don't particularly like going to baseball games. Now, if I'm going to an LSU baseball game or a marquee SEC baseball game or a Yankees game, sure, I'm open to doing that. I really am. Or... Wrigley Field are one of my favorite places to go on the planet. Um, but, you know, there was more of a demand this last season to talk about LSU baseball. And uh, I do what the audience demands. And with LSU baseball and LSU women's basketball, we talked a lot more about them last year because they were the biggest stories. Um, you know, LSU women's basketball was the biggest story in sports. And LSU baseball was a huge story. With Dylan Cruz and um, Paul Skeens and everyone. So, yeah, I'd love to go to an LSU baseball game this season. But it's also, like, not something that I absolutely must do every season. Like, I feel like I have to go to a game uh, every season in Tiger Stadium. Now, as far as the upcoming season, I can't. Break that down. Like I just don't know enough about like the relievers and and all of that. But apparently, some feel that this team could be deeper, which is crazy uh, to me. With um, when you lose Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens and Trey Morgan, Um, but we'll see. Let's go to Melder. He says I just watched the film on Alston. And he's exactly what we need. Run stopper that can also get after the passer with what we have on the depth chart. Yeah, that would be nice, Chris. uh, So, Chris, you let me know, since you are the expert um, on this young man, do you think that there is a high likelihood that LSU could be in it here? Okay. Or is he just a guy that you personally like? Okay. Okay. I don't know you tell me it is crazy that you commit somewhere and you decommit that quickly I mean within a 24 hour period that is crazy uh, um It's also crazy how Texas A&M is um already has two pass rushers committed. Okay. Elijah EA Austin. He says his recruiting is back open. Okay. OK. So, Chris, this is more. uh, This is more of your you you just saying, hey, we need to go after this guy because we need personnel. Well, I'm with you. I'd be open. I'd be open with anyone at this point. But if you, if you watch the tape, I I'll take your I'll take your word for it, man. Okay. Yeah, we got we got some freeze coming up, some 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 cold 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 weather. I did find it interesting, though. This is kind of a SEC thing, and I could be wrong on this, but Hugh Freeze fired Philip Montgomery. And he will take over the play calling, according to Chris Lowe. Okay. That is so interesting. I'm surprised he got rid of Philip Montgomery that quick. I mean, they were bad offensively, but that's that's tough, man. That that's 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 tough to move on. And I think it also was just one of those things where you just has to call the shots. Let's see, unless you wanted my ten. I don't give an open three. Why? Who who cares if they get a two? Who cares? There you go. Jalen Cook, dude, is him, bro. Lock it in. The Tigers are getting hot. You know this as well as anyone in college basketball. You know one of two things. You know Tom Izzo is going to have his team ready to play in March. Outside of the time they lost to Eastern Tennessee as a two seed. Uh, And you don't want Matt McMahon to get hot. You don't want Matt McMahon to get hot. First, oh, first two and oh conference start since 19. Wait, since the year 1920? Really? Since 1920? Since before the Great Depression? It's been that long (laughs) since we started two and oh? That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Now, um, Let's see. I did have a question earlier about AJ Swan, so I'll, I'll play this really quickly. Let's go. Let's chat some AJ Swan. Just a quick little look-see right here. Um, this throw in particular, right – was a huge part of the LSU offense last year. And it's very difficult uh, to complete these types of throws on a consistent basis, right? And the funny thing about it was LSU, the year before uh, this one, they tried these kind of slot-ish kind of fades over and over and over again, and it didn't work. But this year, the slot fade, you can argue, was LSU's best concept So, you'll see right here, Will Shepard isn't in the slot, per se, but he is. um, the, The splits here are really tight. What I like about this play in particular is the protection, okay? It doesn't have to be good. You can see right here, the right guard gets beat really badly, as badly as he probably could have been beat. But because this is a quick, vertical, explosive pass play, you don't need great protection. Bro also inherently shields DBs away from the football, right? It's kind of a Willie Maze over the top uh, of the shoulder type of catch. So you see Swan steps into this throw and just perfect spiral. I mean, that thing is tight. And as you'll see, even if the DB had perfect coverage, so we get to here and it's not quite apples to apples because obviously this is a three wide receiver set instead of a two, but you'll notice that the protection here isn't the best. It's also not the worst. This twist stunt does um, kind of sort of get home, but because it's a quicker, deep passing pattern, Jane's able to get this off. Once again, a perfectly tight spiral. And you'll see the coverage isn't bad, but if we throw it at a diagonal to where he can make an over-the-shoulder catch like that, it is truly an indefensible throw. So... Hopefully, AJ Swan can do that or Garrett Nussmeyer, whoever is the starter. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, obviously, I was joking out the 88. What's up, AP? Good to see you, man. Dude, what if we make the freaking tournament, bro? Let's go, Matt McMahon. Didn't we start off good in conference last year, though, or like kind of decent? Still, I'm going to enjoy this while we can. In honor of Chris Jackson. In honor of Rudy Macklin. In honor of Alex Farrer. In honor of Bo Spencer. In honor of all the legends who. Come before this great team. Be freaking ready for it. But I, I, I wanted to bring up AJ Swan, LSU basketball's official. They get the dub. Um, he throws a pretty ball. He throws a pretty ball. Now he had really good receivers to throw to last year. He also had some atrocious mistakes. Ugh. Todd, I would put it at a very low chance that this happens. I I just don't know if you can point to really any game action this year. The very limited game action that Garrett Nussmeyer had this year. And really poke holes in any of it. You know, the year before, he had some rough performances versus Southern and so on. But, I mean, every single time he was on the field, he was a really good player. And then, obviously, versus Wisconsin, he was magnificent. So, it's really, really, really hard uh, to to see anything else changing with them. Um, with Garrett Nussweier being the guy next year. He should be the guy. He should be. you and our baby Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was just only bringing up, like, that was the last time he just did not play well. Since then, he has been really good in backup roles and just in general. Okay. First place in the... Let's go. It's a good stat. Carter, did you know that the last LSU defensive line coach to be with the team for two consecutive seasons, including spring and fall, was Brick Haley in 2014? Yeah, Brick Haley was um, a really good recruiter. I think he could have gotten more out of some of those defensive lines, but that is crazy it's been that long. Jackie Curtis has committed to Wisconsin that he has that he has. I will right, we'll take uh five more minutes away. We'll t- take a few more. We are 35 away, one $35 super chat away from giving out, uh, a Craig Craig auto and a Mason Smith rookie card over here. Uh, yeah, Brian, uh, That happens with every quarterback room. Someone's going to transfer. Every coach should be a recruiter. That's true. Monst- monster, what's good? What's good, man? <laughs> that is that is a crazy name. Uh, Zachariah Branch, We could have a Zachariah Branch versus Jeremiah Hughes one on one matchup. They were high school teammates next year. So there you go. Now, here's a good thing. There's plenty, and I mean plenty of LSU content to check out. If you've not seen my Bryce Underwood film study, check it out. If you've not seen my Garrett Dustmeyer versus Wisconsin film study, check it out. It's all on the Power Hour LSU YouTube page. It's so easy to get to. Um, I guarantee you. You'll find it pretty easy. Now, let's go through the top super chatters this evening. Debo started us off. Tommy, Carvis, J-Red, TJ, Rico. Good to have TJ back. Sibley, our top super chatter tonight. And Melder, I appreciate you so much. It goes a long freaking way. Let's freaking go, LSU basketball. I'm telling you, we are riding high. Sometimes you've just got to enjoy the ride. Men's basketball winning, women's basketball winning, five-star quarterbacks committing, defensive coordinators leaving and coming to LSU. Obviously, the only sore thing is knowing that if LSU had a decent defense that they would have all, all their way to another national championship. That's the only downside. That is the only downside. But next season, someone I got mad that I called him the Messiah, but he is the Messiah. It is the Nuss Bus. It is Garrett Nussmeyer with one of the best LSU offensive lines to ever exist. That'll be next year. Y'all, we are coming to eat. This is an all-you-can-eat buffet next season. We're going to run through the schedule and we're going to find a way into the 12 team playoffs next season. We are going to magically build defensive line depth. I don't know how it's going to happen, but. It's going to happen, huh? 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 And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Tomorrow night we'll be live at 6 p.m. Central. We'll talk to you then. Edit. Ed! Power, our LSU. Boom. That one line was good. That was um, Saran Black, uh, Lyle Hit, Herman Johnson, the biggest baby in Louisiana history. That's just true. It's still the, the biggest recorded baby. Um, Carnell Stewart, and who was the center? Who was the center? Brett Helms. That offensive line was really good. Yeah, I, I don't know that one. That one's probably the go-to line. That would be number one. But I think next year's offensive line next year will be better. Uh, but tonight we're we're doing pork chops. Let's go. Let's freaking.